Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe Podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I know why you guys are tuning in today. You guys are tuning in to hear Bill Barnes. He's here every Wednesday, and I know that's why you guys tune in. Whether it's early in the morning, you're just getting your day started, and you want something to get you going, hear some laughs, you, you turn on Bill Barnes, or maybe you wait a few days and uh, just set aside some time to tune in and and uh, hear everything Bill Barnes has to say, or, or maybe some of you guys even go back and re-listen. I don't know, but I do know that Bill Barnes is a fan favorite. He's here every single Wednesday, and uh, Bill and I already recorded our episode, so uh, we've been doing that usually around Tuesday mornings is kind of what we've been doing, Tuesday evenings, depends on our schedules. We're both very, very busy guys, so uh, I know you guys are here for Bill, so I won't waste too much of your time this morning, but I do want to say that it is uh, quite a blessing to talk with Bill every single Wednesday, and he and I just pretty much cover what's going on, current events. Bill says a lot of things I think that a lot of people want to say that maybe hold back on. <laughs> and then there's, pl- trust me, there's plenty of things Bill says I would never say. Trust me on that. Uh, I, you'll, you'll hear a few of those today, I promise you that. Uh, but we love him. He's here every Wednesday. And, you know, I met Bill when uh, I was umpiring. And it's weird to say those words when I was umpiring because – I'm at a place right now in my life where this is the first February, this time of year, this time of year, right after the Super Bowl is kind of when college baseball gets going. And it's been pushed back a little bit this, this year with the, uh, the COVID uh, lockdown and all those things going on, but I'm not working any baseball this year. And it's, it's quite an odd feeling. Uh, Bill is retired from umpiring college baseball, and uh, you guys are well aware. Bill's much older than I am. Bill's had a great uh, career umpiring, you know, um, on top of his uh, great career he had as, as a police officer. Well, for me, when I graduated college, I had no idea what I was going to do. And uh, I loved football, basketball, baseball, probably in that order. Um, I had always said if I got out of coaching, I'd, I'd get into officiating and just kind of see where, where I could take each sport. And baseball was the last one I thought I would uh, probably go the furthest in. I remember watching games in uh, Dodger Stadium and thinking to myself, man, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind umpiring baseball, but there's no way I could see uh, a pitch behind the plate at 90 plus miles an hour and and uh, not flinch. There's There's no way I could do that. And then sure enough, that's how things worked out, right? I had a better baseball career than I did basketball and uh, and football. So it's a crazy time right now for me, even when I was in the minor leagues from 2009 to 2012, I still umpired a little bit of college baseball, you know, in February. 
uh, worked a few games here and there before heading off to my, uh, you know, minor league baseball season. And so it's, it's very odd for me. It, it's similar. It's a similar feeling to when I was at uh, Rio Hondo prep carry youth league coaching in the RHLA program. I remember stepping away in 2007 and it was so odd for me because I had been around the program and the school and the organization for so long. I'd been there since I was in second grade. And so to step away and not be there, not be contributing in some way when the fall of 07 rolled around, not be out at a football field practicing, not be uh, setting up a church service, not be doing concession, all these different things that you would do at Care Youth League as an RHLA guy, that was odd. It was a very odd feeling in the sense you had learned to do something, something had become a part of your life. And then life goes on. You, you start a new journey. And so for me right now, that's, that's where I'm at. It's February. Some of my buddies are, are, you know, getting ready for the baseball season and, and talking rules and, uh, you know, uniform decisions are being made. All these great things, all these things that kind of get you, get you going before the season. And I'm not a part of it for the first time since, let's see here, 2009, 09. Yeah. First time, first time in 12 years where this time of year, I'm, I'm not, you know, dusting off my shin guards and seeing if my uniform has shrunk at all, if you know what I mean, uh, or, <laughs> or, uh, diving into the rules and everything like, and, and you know what, I'm, I'm honestly at peace with it. I've talked with Bill often. If he misses it at all, I know he doesn't because he's done it much longer than I ever did, especially with the other line of work he did too. It's an odd feeling for me. Uh, I Right now, I don't, I can't say I miss it, but it, it is an odd feeling. I'm like, ah, oh, this is different. But it has started to hit home kind of. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying baseball will never be a part of my life again. I don't know. I'm saying I've let it go a little bit for now. I've started a new career. I've started a new journey. You know, with this podcast, I had no idea what I was doing with this thing a year ago. And it has been a full year since, you know, I, I came up with the idea. What if I did a podcast and did a few terrible episodes and and have since done, a, you know, <laughs> countless more. But my point of all this rambling today is that you kind of never know where you're going or where you're going to end up. And there's nothing wrong with moving on from something that you like or enjoy. I mean, I loved playing football in high school. I loved it. It was everything. I enjoyed the other sports too. We were a decent bat. I, I enjoyed playing basketball with my, my buddies and you never think that's going to end, but it does. And the saying goes, you know, all, all good, all good things come to an end. Part of that is true, but what I think sticks with you forever is the memories of those good moments. Yeah, good things do end, but it's not really an ending. There is extended chapters because of 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 those those moments from the time, you know, that is one of the best things about this podcast for me. Again, I talk to a lot of people from either Real Hondo Prep, Care Youth League, or my officiating days. You guys, you guys have heard, you know, kind of everyone 
all the different guests we've had. And it's a lot of the same stories, similar stories, right? But what's fascinating to me is the memories. Sure, some some books have closed, but there's countless memories from all of those chapters of my life that I love to look back on and, and hearing about other people's journeys and their chapters of their book. You know, they might not go back and read those chapters again, but they remember all of them, all the things. It's fun talking to people uh, who are much older than me, talking about their childhood, talking about their high school days, because I can relate to that. And I think a lot of people can, and that's why you guys tune in. There's a lot of Real Hondo Prep Care Youth League listeners on here. I, I know that. And so it's fun for me to hear those stories because it is hard to let things go. I still I I feel like I was a fifth grader playing for the Glendora Gators uh, in, in championship games yesterday, five years ago. That's what it feels like. Real Hondo Prep, uh, taking that uniform off for the last time. Um Coaching at Rio Hondo Prep, uh, leaving Care Youth League for the last time as an assistant leader. I mean, all of these memories are still, still clear as day for me, as are the first time I umpired a college baseball game, the first time I umpired a, a professional baseball game, first time I had a big leaguer step into the batter's box rehabbing on an assignment. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Uh, all those things, they're, they're so clear and vivid and I think that is what makes our journey in life great is that sure all good things might come to an end but they really don't end. We just distance ourselves a little bit from it. But it's really the memories and the uh just the stories and the lessons, right? Even the hardships. It, it sometimes it's good to hear negative things, negative moments in our lives that we experience because we learn from that. I know I do. I learn from uh, really rough moments and rough, rough uh, experiences too. So, uh, not umpiring baseball. It's really weird. I can't say that. It's. I just keep saying that. Right? It's weird. Uh, I know Bill doesn't miss it. He and I aren't talking any college baseball today, but um, we probably will at some point. And and you know, if you've listened to this program, Bill and I are pretty hard on officials, but we we come at it from a different perspective maybe than your average fan. And I'll always defend officials every chance I can anyway, because I've been in, 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 uh, in those shoes. And uh, if I can provide any insight from my experiences as to kind of uh, the attitude or what people see out there, that's what I'm going to continue to do. But anyway, just want to say this podcast has been a blessing. It's something I want to continue to do. It's not always easy doing episodes late at night or early in the mornings after working all day. I'm not looking for sympathy. I just uh, want you guys to know a lot of work and effort goes into this. And I only say that because I care about this podcast. I care about the product and talking to you guys. And uh, I don't always know what I'm going to say, but sometimes I just say, you know what, let's just start recording and see what happens. So those are my thoughts today. Weird to not be working baseball. This is an odd time of year for me, but uh, I definitely have a ton of memories and lessons learned from from uh, baseball, and uh, you know what, the book is closed for now, but it, it's not like it's locked; it can't be reopened again, you know. And, and I think that goes for anything, except for high school football. I can't go back and play high school football; that 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 kind of sucks. But whatever, yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow for for most of us out there. But anyway, um, 
let's get to the interview with Mr. Bill Barnes. Plenty to chat about with him. And uh, afterwards, stay tuned. I, I mentioned it on Monday, but for those who didn't hear, uh, I want to talk about our guest on Friday, another special person that I know most of you uh, will uh, know who they are, and I'm sure will enjoy tuning in on Friday. But first, of course, it's Wednesday. That's what you guys are here for. Let's tune in to the weekly Wednesday weigh-in with Mr. Bill Barnes. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every week for very strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. Okay, today I'm joined by Super Bowl winning coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bruce Arians. Oh, wait, Bill. Oh, I'm so. Oh, never. Oh, it's Bill Barnes. Never mind. I was going to say, great job from the big game, Bill, uh, Bruce. But no, that's, that's not Bruce Arians. That's Bill Barnes. Bill, welcome to the program. You know, Bruce is, is sub, somewhat of a lookalike. He's a little older than I am. Much, much, has uh, got a lot more money. And um, he, he keeps his uh, goatee a little, lot, lot more trim than I do. So there's the differences. But uh, I think he's a great coach. I've liked him. Um, he seems like a guy that you'd want to sit down and have, have a, a drink or, or several with because he just seems that way. And um, congratulations to him and to Tom Brady and those folks. They, they played a great game. I think the, the Super Bowl MVP was the defensive coordinator of – Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, absolutely. Not a great head coach, did not do well as the Jets head coach, but I'll tell you what, the guy can coach defense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Bill, what do you make of that, that, you know, some coaches, and maybe he gets another shot someday, but some guys are just better at being coordinators. And that's, that's kind of a life thing too. Like some people are better at being, uh, patrolmen than they are captains or, you know, whatever the case is, what is it about when you're the main guy versus the second or third in command? Well, in football, from what I would gather is that you can go and hold yourself up in a room and draw X's and O's and talk to maybe nobody or one person that whole day. Mm. You can draw up a game plan, have your, your linebacker coach, your defensive line coach, you know, and you, you know, basically implement it to your group, to 11 guys, where when you're the head coach, you are now coaching coaches. You are the CEO of your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, etc. You rely on them to institute the game plans and you, rely, you have no input. You have no, you, you just look at it and get, go, okay, hope it works. And that is what Basically, Arian said at, at his, um, his speech after the game, he said, I didn't do a damn thing. It's the coaches and players that did it. And I think he's right. You coach personalities. You are the uh, locker room counselor. You talk to guys, get them motivated. You ha- you're responsible for 50, 48, however many guys are on the team, uh, personalities. you got to keep the number two quarterback happy because he's not getting game playing time whereas if you're a coordinator whether it be offensive defensive special teams you are only 
concerned with your people. For instance, Todd Bowles probably has never said two words to Tom Brady. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Doesn't need to. Doesn't mm-hmm. need to. So that's where it's at. You deal, your span of control is a lot less as a defense, as a uh, coordinator. Therefore, when you are out of your coordinator's shoes and you are now a head coach, one of two things happens. You either take it and run with it and do a great job and you're able to, to, to uh, go to the next level or you, you struggle, you struggle. And that's why you don't succeed as a head coach and you're a coordinator again. Yeah. Yeah. So just because you don't make it as a head coach, you're still an outstanding football coach, baseball manager, whatever the case may be. Oh yeah. It's just a whole different way of managing people. And you talk about managing people, uh, you know, having to deal with the media as a head coach would be uh, enough to, to just stress you out and, and to, uh, uh, you know, make you not want to do that job anymore. So there's something to be said for coordinators. There's some really good ones in the league and you're absolutely right. Todd Bowles, wh- whatever that game plan was, it was, it was perfection. And Bill, if you, I know you're not a betting man, but if someone had said, Hey, uh, any amount of money, any amount of money you want uh, to bet or 10 bucks and, and we'll pay and we'll, uh, pay you a million dollars or something. I don't know what the pay. If I had told you Patrick Mahomes will not get the chiefs in the end zone, the chiefs will not score a touchdown. I mean, that's a bet. I think anybody would have, would have taken right or not taken whatever the, you know what I'm trying to say. You would have bet on him getting in the end zone. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that was a complete shock and surprise that they did not. Um, it was just great defense. I mean, Mahomes was, 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 uh, he was like George Custer. He was in retreat the entire, the entire night. He was running backwards, sideways, forward. I mean, he was running for, I mean, it's a good thing. He was as mobile and as quick and fast and as he is, or it would have been a lot worse. Yeah. That, that defensive line really took it to him. Um, secondary did, did, uh, their thing. And, uh, unbelievable that the the Chiefs high powered uh, this and that and, and you know it still comes down to defense and uh, execution and and of course running the ball a little bit it's weird how that works uh, we'll get into the details Bill uh, in a second but I got to ask you how was how was your Super Bowl Sunday were you sitting there uh, by yourself as always or or were you was uh, zoom it, zoom calling it with uh, a party of any kind what was your Super Bowl Sunday like I sat on my couch uh, and watch the game by myself. Mm. Uh, There was three of us there, me, myself, and I love it. I love it. um, I enjoyed the game without any type of uh, uh, alcoholic uh, spirit at all. Just me. And um, it was okay. It was okay. It was a, it was a uh, entertaining game. Did not care one bit. For the halftime show. <laughs> yeah. no, okay. I, I must be the one of the most unhip, completely square old fucks in the world because I had no clue who this weekend guy was. No fucking clue. I, I said, who is this guy? Okay. And I was educated on, on Facebook by some of my more hip hipster friends that he had the number one song in two, 2000. 
the hell year are we in 20 and uh that he was this that i mean i go well great i said that's still i guess i gotta quit watching lawrence well and get with the times and you know i think and then the the pregame the pregame music festivities brought back some memories joan jett and billy idol now i know who they are yeah you know, I used to rock out to their music in the old days, in my old clubbing days at the Black Angus and uh, Bobby <laughs> McGee's. So I know who they are. Bonnie McGee's. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, of course, my girlfriend, Miley Cyrus, who, you know, told me to fuck off about a month ago in her own little goofy shake her head sort of way. She did. Long story short. Long story short. Um, I oh. had a, a job that I had to go out and, and get some high expensive jewelry from a client. We don't know who it is. I get to the location in, in a fashionable area of downtown Los Angeles, Hancock Park area. I call the, uh, I call the client. There's, of course, these people, these people's people's people, they don't answer phones. That's just, that's just 1999, okay? They don't answer telephones, right? So I call, no answer. I get a, I get a, a, a your, the machine is, is, the answering is machine is, uh, you know, busy and you cannot leave a message. I'm thinking, well, shit. So I wait another 20 minutes. I'm supposed to be there at 10 o'clock. It's now 10.20, 10.25. I go, you know what? Fuck this. So I go up to the door. I knock on the door at this place. And I see this head bob around from the kitchen area. And I see this, like, ratty-haired, bleached blonde start shaking her head at me like and with this like scowl on her face and i'm going jesus christ that's miley cyrus this i guess the client must be old good old miley here and i'm thinking son of a bitch so she gives me this this stink eye look and shaking her head so i turn around and right then my phone's ringing and it's the handler saying oh yeah you said you'd be there at 10 i go well it's 10 20 <laughs> oh oh time's gotten away from me okay i'll be right there you didn't bother my my uh, my boss, did you? I go well. I go. I might have because I'm getting I'm getting a a, a a head shake here at the door. Oh, I'll be right there. So I leave. I go out to my car. Make a long story short, handler lady gets there, gives me the goods. I'm on my way. Well, evidently it was some 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 high expensive jewelry that a young lady named uh, Miss Miley Cyrus had borrowed from a big time company that I won't mention the name of. And, uh, you know, they, she, she can't even pick up a bag, walk it to the door, open the door and put it on the fucking porch. She oh, has to have a handler do that. So it didn't surprise me at all when she had her mental breakdown on yeah. the, uh, on the, uh, stage there. So anyway, yeah. anyway, I didn't think we'd be talking Miley Cyrus today. That's I interesting. Didn't I didn't either. I just kind of <laughs> came up and I'll tell you this much, um, I'll tell you this much. The, the halftime show was again completely dog shit. But the two they had a commercial where, where Lenny Kravitz played a little bit during one of the commercials. And I thought they should have had Lenny. He'd have rocked the house. Yeah. Yeah. I Give think Lenny Kravitz any day. Yeah, you gotta have the combination of uh someone everyone kind of knows because they don't do it for the people in the stadium, but a lot of the people in the stadium are, you know, older people. Uh, and, you know, everyone watching the Super I don't know, this, why it's got to be somebody new or current doesn't always make sense to me. Now, I'm not saying you go way back either to uh, 
Rolling Stones or anything. You need you need something that is uh, semi-relevant to everyone. I know that's hard to do, but I was not impressed with the halftime show either. I'm not a halftime show guy, but it's on. I'm like, all right, let's see what this they is should about. Have like a, they should have like you be able to switch to another channel and watch a lingerie football uh, <laughs> halftime show or chicks in bikinis playing football or or or, you know, capture the flag or some fucking thing. This this this, you know, this, you know, a bunch of bunch of ghouls walking around with jock straps on their head didn't didn't cut it for me. <laughs> but then again, I'm 61 years old and. You know, I'm not obviously my, my people have told me I'm not with the times. So, so <laughs> well, you know what? If you're not with the times, that's not a bad thing. Let, let's just let's just say that uh, I'm I was a, waiting for the I was waiting for the 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 the, the night throwback to the 67 uh, Super Bowl, the up with people up with people, uh, um, you know, or the Mormon Tabernacle Choir or somebody to come in and play. You know, <laughs> if you go back and you research some of the early, early. Super Bowl games, you got like Al Hurt, Burt Bacharach, Up With People. Who the fuck is Up With People? I mean, they, they did it like two years in a row. They had some conglomeration of of of, of uh, Hitler youth or someone oh, come sh- in from throughout the country and sing. I don't know what it was. Oh, like, wow. Up with, up, folks, if you're listening, Google Up With People and see I, what that's all about. I have never heard of Up oh, yeah. With People. Like that, it's it sounds disturbing. <laughs> well, a lot of musical yeah, musical I mean, artists. The NFL, are... the NFL has changed so much, so much since the early days. It's it's great. Well, it's been fifty five years, so things are going to change. I mean, so but 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 I mean, wow. It's just. Yeah. You know, yeah, you look at you look at that uh, that first Super Bowl, and the captains were out there, and there was like one guy taking a picture. Uh, you know, at the Coliseum and Bill, that brings up a, a, a funny story. I heard about your boy, Joe Namath, your, your Broadway Joe. Um, I, I was listening to Cal- Colin Cowherd and Russell Wilson was being interviewed and talking about his first Super Bowl when they played um, the Broncos and Russell Wilson goes out for the coin toss and he's a little, you know, a little nervous and, you know, it's a Super Bowl and he's only a couple of well, years in. Patriots. They played the Patriots. The no, Broncos, they would have. No, his first one was the, was the Broncos that where they destroyed them, and then they went the next year and lost to the Patriots. Hundred percent, Bill. 100%. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, gotcha. Never mind. Never Come mind. on, Bruce. Wires, anyway. wires are crossed. Okay, wires are crossed. <laughs> so he goes out there for his for the the coin toss, and he's like, "Man, this is Peyton Manning and and Broadway Joe was there. Joe Namath's going to flip the coin." And Russell's like, oh, man, you know, we're getting closer to game time, really on edge. So the referee introduces Joe Namath as uh, the coin toss thrower. And uh, Joe throws the coin in the air. And Russell's like, wait, what did we call? And he goes, we didn't call anything. And so (laughs) referee grabs the coin and goes, "Uh, okay, let's have somebody call it now. And Joe Namath just kind of smiling and chuckling. He turns to Russell Wilson and he says, sorry, guys, you know, I've always been quick on the draw. (laughs) Well, he's thrown a lot of interceptions in his career too. Yeah, Russell Wilson said from that moment on he was he was calm he was calmed down and uh, it was just a funny moment with Joe Nam tossing the coin without anyone throw, calling it in the air or, or beforehand. Um, anyway, so yeah, watch the Super Bowl by yourself. Uh, no spirits, as you said, and uh, anything on the menu? Did you have a hot pocket or what? What was uh, the food item? 
Um, let's see. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, just something routine. At, I don't know. Bologna sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Just a um, yeah shit sandwich and a and a and a, and a bowl of piss. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> typical, typical. Uh, you know, meal <laughs> of the day. One more, one more funny Joe Namath story. Um, okay. Which he was telling a story. I can't remember where, but you know, somebody was asking him. I think it was like, um, I don't want to say that asshole Jimmy Kimmel. Because he, Joe's too cool to go on his show, I know, because he, he probably doesn't like him. But um, I think it might have been back in the early, like Dick Cavett or somebody back in the 70s was interviewing him. And they go, you know, Joe, you, you're pretty good with the ladies. You know, do you have any really good uh, one-liners that you, you ever deliver on them? And he goes, well, somewhat, you know, if they... You know, if, if I'm really showing that I, that I like a girl and I approach her, my, my line, you know, is usually as, you know, young lady, I bet you're in the banking industry. Well, why is that? Because I have interest in you. <laughs> that sounds like a Bill Barnes line to no, no, oh. that came right out of Joe Willie's mouth, man. I, I, <laughs> I'd love to take credit for that. You know, my, my one, my one liner, my, the one that usually works for me, and I don't know if I've said it on the show before, but I'll say it again if I have, is uh, you, you're talking to a young lady and you turn to her and say, I'm just, I was doing some light reading here before I came in this evening. And uh, can you, can you answer me this? How much does a polar bear weigh? And they'll go, geez, I don't know. And I'll say, my name, enough to break the ice. My name's Bill. <laughs> I either get, I either get, I either get knocked off my chair or I'm in, I'm in bed with her 30 minutes later, one or the other. And usually it's, it's 99% of the, 99% of the time. It's the first thing I said, I knocked off my chair. So. Oh don't, yeah. Don't try this at home folks. No, no, you gotta be. I'm a trained, I'm a trained, I'm a trained professional. A trained professional. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he delivers diamonds to uh, starlets and uh, he, he delivers uh, one liners to uh, random, yeah. random ladies in, in a bar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, or, or whatever those things are called now in uh, California. Uh, <laughs> so, so Bill, it was kind of cool. I thought, you know, of course, everyone was being lectured to don't have a Super Bowl party. And by party, that's that's more than four and a half people or whatever, whatever it, what the, all these guidelines were. And, you know, in other parts of the country, specifically Florida, where the game was held, it looked almost normal. I thought, you know, there were cardboard cutouts, but there was a lot of people in the stands, a lot of people in the bars and stuff outside the stadium. I thought it was great. It, it made me feel like uh, we're at least going back to normal. Well, in the state of Florida, anyway, um, what did you make of some of the things you saw before the game or, or even during the game, as far as, you know, the, the hysteria and the, the fear factor, I guess. Well, you know, you had you had the the, the thousands and thousands of healthcare workers that were given tickets to the game, and I think that's a great thing, a fantastic yeah. thing. However, once again, these are healthcare workers, and I'm assuming they have been fully vaccinated and they've they've been tested um, at nausea that they're negative, uh, you know, with with uh, with the COVID, and they're still wearing fucking masks. <laughs> yeah. What what are we doing here? what are we doing? You know, that's like a woman who's had her tubes tied and she still uses an, I, an IUD. Come on. Really? Do we need to go that far? 
I think you just did. Oh my goodness. It's it it does speak to the ridiculous of it of it a little bit. Um (laughs) it's it's complete lunacy. Yeah. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh sorry, that got me. Uh yeah. (laughs) Driving with a uh, an expired license or, or what, what any, any analogy you want to lo- use? I bet you people out there uh, listening, you could send in a few, a few of those. If you like, give me, give me something. Uh, how ridiculous is it to have to wear a mask after you're vaccinated? That would be like, and I bet we'd get some, uh, some good uh, answers there from the listeners. So yeah. Okay. Whatever. I mean, what I can't, okay, look at everyone. The players are all wearing masks during pregame warmups and people were losing their mind over Tom Brady walking into the stadium without a mask on. How could he do that? Because he's Tom fucking Brady and he can do whatever he wants. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, like he was purposely going in there to kill people. I'm like people, the hysteria of people is just in, in five minutes, the masks are coming off and they're playing a football game. Relax. Like relax. He's not going to breathe on children and stuff. Just, just settle down. Anyway, uh, but but all in all, yeah, the pregame, some of the pregame festivities, I was okay. I, I almost changed the channel multiple times. Uh, just, I was like, can we just play, talk about football, play a football uh, game? What time did, okay, the game was at three thirty. What time? Yeah. What, what time was the pregame show? Nine a.m. Uh, six, six and a half hours of pregame. <laughs> I think yeah, noon maybe for CBS, whatever it was. I mean, come on, really? That's what <laughs> Yeah. And it wasn't like, and it wasn't like the old days when, when you showed two hours of you know NFL film stuff from the past Super Bowls. Oh this yeah. Was all, this was all cheesy, stupid bullshit. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, come on. I mean, it, there is a there is a love affair. There is a there is an unmistakable love affair between the NFL and BLM. They are in they are in bed together, and they are lovers. The Black Lives Matter movement and the NFL are in bed together. There is a commingling. There is a, a complete exchange of inner body fluid that is completely unmistakable. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> you get you get some uh, – and, and when you say BLM, it's the organization that has declared itself – to be Marxist, to be, uh, to radically change the country. It's not, you know, people want to twist your words and be like, oh, you don't think, uh, you know, certain lives matter? Well, well, no, all lives, everyone's lives matter. You know, it's not like, I just, I don't like the specificity, specificity, specific, how do you say that? Uh, the specifics, I, 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 I agree with what you're saying. It is a, a, a special relationship, we'll say. And I got to ask you this, Bill. Or we're kind of on the topic. I, I'm a little confused at something. I'm confused that that we are so okay. I've heard all this talk about unity, right? And in the same sentence, people are saying how awful everybody is. That the country is full of white supremacy. You know, this is white supremacy, right? Everything. Yet we need to unify unity. So. I'm just curious, isn't that kind of contradicting when people are saying we need to come together, but then lecturing people? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying there's not bad things out there, but it seems like things are really getting blown up here 
And uh, I could be wrong, but those are just some of my thoughts. Uh, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> the narrative nowadays is that white people suck and that we are nothing but a bunch of money-hungry, power-driven, racist bastards and that we don't care about anybody but ourselves. Well, <clears throat> that's, the furthest, that's, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Um, take me. I, I mean, if, if one was, wants to look at me, they would think I'm the biggest asshole in the world, which at times is probably true. <laughs> However, for the most part, um, I don't look at color. I don't look at, 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 at female, at, 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 you know, I don't look at sex as being something that is, um, negative as far as can this person do the job can they not for instance um our good friend miss sarah um sarah 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 thomas all right let's segue into that the nfl made a business decision in, in appointing her to work in the super bowl she did a horseshit job she missed an interception she didn't shut down a play quick enough i mean she she looked like a junior college official work in a uh, NFL game, all right? And it's not her fault. She does the best she can. She's just not good. However, she fit the narrative for what the NFL needs right now, and that is a uh, a rather uh, good-looking female to work at a Super Bowl game. She, There's no fucking way on this earth she was rated as the number one down judge. Number one, they they changed the name of the, the fucking... Uh, linesman linesman to line judge right or down no, judge. I'm sorry, down judge instead of linesman they couldn't call it lines woman because there's only one of them so they go they went the the gender uh, non-specific uh down judge so anyway they reinvented the name for her and uh let's just say let's just put it this way the nfl made a business decision to look stylish and to be inclusionary to everyone. Um, I'm really surprised that Carl Sheffers, who did an outstanding job, I thought, as referee, I'm really surprised he worked the game. I thought they would it would be a black referee this year, too. Not that not that there wasn't there's plenty of deserving ones, I think. I think oh, there's some really good black officials, white officials in, in the league that could have done it, but Carl somehow came out on top. Good for him. Um, <laughs> you know, and I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. Ron Tolbert, uh, Jerome Boger, uh, two, two of the best, in my opinion, at the They're referee the, position. The, uh, I think the, um, the, uh, the, uh, alternate referee, if I'm not mistaken, was Sean Smith. Was it not? Uh, yes. Yes. I think it was absolutely. Yeah. There you go. So if, 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 if uh, you know, if Carl would have taken one of the chops and breaking up a fight, you'd have, you'd have, you know, and he would have done just as well. Well, However, if you, that, that did kind of happen where the alternates kind of came on the field to assist in yeah. a little scuffle or two. Yeah, they're, they're, they're bouncers. They're, they're <laughs> fight breakers. Yeah, they break the they're bouncers on the sidelines. You know, they wear their black jackets and they come in and they, they pull, pull people off people. You know, they do come in with their headsets and their walkie talkies and, you know, walkie talkies. All that fancy shit, and they come on and, and pull people off of people to help the the initial seven. You got you have five five alternate officials. Someone might go down, Bill. You never know. 
five. So you can't tell me that if a side judge falls down and breaks his ankle, that that backup referee that you have can't go and work side judge. Well, you need five of them. They're not taking chances, Bill. Uh, you know, they're not taking any chances. They don't want to move people around. And uh, hey, it's not like uh, you know they don't have the money to to put some backups out there. I think that's, that's true. I guess. I guess hell, they could bring the whole staff then. Put the whole fucking staff on the sideline. But in every case there's, really, in case there's a really good sniper in the crowd, it takes out twenty five of them. Then you got another thirty that can work. Oh, that is so dark. That is so dark. Jesus Christ. Well, where do you draw the line for fuck's sake? How many alternates do you have? That's true. Oh, I could just see the whole staff in the stands, all the referees uh, suited up and like staying loose, stretching during the game just in case they go in. (laughs) 25. Give me me the number seven back judge. Six of them have gone down. What are we doing here? What are we doing? What are we doing? what are we doing that's good that is really good uh where where were we talking about the officiating uh you know the officiating was a storyline at least the media tried to make it to be i i thought there were some uh, calls but nothing that really screamed out as like oh my goodness that's awful now if you're a chiefs fan you, you you thought you were being screwed but uh there were there were no twenty two point penalties. We'll say that uh, in this there, game. Those the 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 defensive holding calls were righteous. Mm-hmm. They were there. They were there. Yeah, they were there. I'm with you. Um, I thought there was there might have been a hold late in the game that was a little iffy. Um, that could have been overlooked. A couple here. I mean, Christ, you can call holding on every fucking play. Yeah, almost. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I thought the officiating was good. Um, but anyway, getting back to the actual meat and potatoes of the whole the whole day is that you know Brady was good, Gronk, big big players delivering big games. Yeah, I thought the the running back was great, Fournette. I thought he, to be honest with you, I thought he could have been the MVP. But of course, you're gonna give it to Brady. Yeah, well, yeah, he had a pretty decent day, not a bunch of yards. What impressed me with the Bucks was their balance. They were they ran the ball enough. They controlled the clock. Their offensive line looked really good for the most part. I was surprised, a little disappointed when they weren't able to get that fourth and goal touchdown. I liked uh, them being aggressive and going for that. Um, it worked out for them field position-wise later. And, yeah, the offense overall, they put up 31 points, but I thought it was the manner in which they played. The The running game really did open up the play action and uh, and, and and some of those big plays for Gronk. Yeah, they, they had a balanced game. A to Z, they recovered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they came, they were the best team that day. Um, you know, like uh, <clears throat> like a great coach, uh, Herb Brooks said back in 1980 when they upset the, uh, the, so- the Russians, they said, you know, they may beat us 99 times out of 100, but today was the one time we beat them. <laughs> so- but, but that's what's great to me about football or – in like the Olympics or, or whatever, you know, anytime it's a one game playoff, I'm a big fan of that. Um, I, baseball, I understand because of pitching and you have series. Um, you, you do see, you play series all year, hockey and basketball. I don't quite understand why there are playoff series because you don't do that all year. And then all of a sudden hey, it's, Hey, best out of seven. I mean, it's fun to watch the playoffs well, and everything, I can but tell you something else it starts and it's the color's green. It's money. 
Yeah. <laughs> Money. I know, I know. But uh, football, one game. I mean, one game today. There is no tomorrow. Um, leave it all out there. Just blow it out. And, um, yeah, that's why I think in, in football, especially championship games, you see things you never thought you would see because it's not just – you don't get another shot at it, you know. And maybe the next time the Chiefs would score a touchdown. But, uh, I mean, this. remember, these teams played already once this year. Tampa Bay got out to 17 nothing, or excuse me, Kansas City got out really quick, 17 nothing, and the game ended up, I think, 27-24, but it wasn't that close. And to see a completely different game played, really, this time uh, was, was interesting. And I don't want to take anything away from guys like Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, the, the, the Chiefs team altogether, because they're going to be back, don't you think, Bill? Well, that, that leads into a very interesting situation here. Uh, they should. They should. However, uh, remember, this is the NFL, mm-hmm. and it is made up on money, business. A lot of business decisions are made. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I don't know the whole facts, and it's really you know, a, a, a private situation between Andy Reid and his kid. But his kid just damn near killed some people being yeah. drunk. Yeah. Coming off an off ramp and plat, which and the guys had issues in the past. He's mm-hmm. no stranger to substance abuse. He's no stranger to being an idiot on the road. He's had issues. Um, if that's not Andy Reid's kid, he's swinging a hammer and he's and he's building houses somewhere. Okay, yeah. Andy Reid employed him to be the linebacker coach. I don't know what kind of uh, of. Uh, of a resume this guy has to do that but i do know that he's working for his dad and if that turns to shit if that ba- if that five-year-old unfortunately god forbid dies not only is andy reed's kid in a lot of trouble the organization's in a lot of trouble for something that's called negative retention mm. you willingly knew that you were employing someone who had issues i could see if that turns to shit and if the kansas city chiefs really want to clean the slate and distance themselves Andy Reid's not the coach anymore. Wow. Now, I'm not that's going to happen. Okay. We all, we live in a, in a litigious fucked up world where everybody <laughs> wants to sue people. Okay. And again, if a lot of decisions are made on money and you know, I'm just throwing it out there to something to think about. Do I want that to happen? Hell no. I want that kid to live. I want Reed's kid to, to get better and get some, get the help that he needs to unfuck himself and do whatever he needs to do to get back and get his life back. But that's a lot of, a lot of trouble there. And I know that as a father and, uh, and, and being in kind of in Andy Reed's shoes, <laughs> what he was going through during that game, there's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind that weighed heavily on his mind. Oh, of course it would have to be. I and, mean, people and, are human. And, and people are going to think, oh, Bill, you're a fucking asshole for bringing that up. Well, I'm just bringing it up. No, it, it's, it is. It, it's true. Now, I wish Andy Reid and his kid the best. I wish, yeah. moreover, I wish that kid, the families that, that were injured by him, the best, and that everybody gets better and, and, and makes it makes it through and, and, and turns this negative into a giant positive. But, you know, we'll see. I had to, I had to look up litigious, Bill. You, you taught me a new word here. I mean, the vocabulary – that, that you bring to the table is, is crazy. Litigious, unreasonably prone to go to law to settle disputes. Wow. Uh, I got to fit that one into my vernacular 
if if I can. Wow, what well yeah, said. I'm not just, look, I'm not just a pretty face. I have a little <laughs> bit of knowledge inside this mind, okay? <laughs> yes, yes, that uh, dark-witted mind of yours that oh, uh, I no one go from I can go from one end of the spectrum to a really shitty end of the spectrum in about two seconds. I, I've seen it. I've seen it. Absolutely. That just, yeah. go, that just goes to show the complete instability of my mind. <laughs> the instability is a pretty accurate description of, of your mind. Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I don't understand how, especially guys with money, like how they put themselves in this situation. You know, Ubers and Lyfts, they, they, they don't cost very much money, Bill. Why, why is it, guys, especially someone who's had problems before? Because why- they've, never, they've never actually learned the hard way. Mm. They've never actually been in a situation where they haven't cracked their skull on hitting the bottom, hitting their bottom, reaching their bottom yet. And until they do, they're not going to realize that they are wrong because someone's always there to clean up their shit mess. Yeah. Yeah. I get, okay? yeah. You know, I mean, when I was a little kid, I probably, you know, I, you know, I, 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 I'd shit my diaper and my mother would clean it up. Well, there comes a point where you're going to have to learn to shit in the toilet and wipe your own ass. Mm-hmm. And some people never learn that. Yeah. <laughs> I, people, I, their, their, their parents are wiping their ass till they're 50 years old. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, and there comes a time where, you know, you're going to have to do it yourself or, or you're, you're going to have a really, really chafed ass. It's going to stink. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Um, yeah. The, the five-year-old little girl, I mean, that's just, that breaks your heart. And uh, I, I, I hope to God she pulls through and Britt Reed, the 35 uh, year old son of Andy Reed outside linebacker coach. And and he's being investigated still for the, the crash that occurred. Um he said he had two or three drinks, I guess. And, uh, Which means he had about six. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, yeah. The former cop and you've heard that plenty of times. I'm sure. Right. Oh, I only had uh, two or three dozen. Yeah. yeah. Um, not a good situation at all. And what's his, what's his resume? What's his coaching playing resume, Matt? Let's, can... let's, let's, let's compare him with, um, you know, the average run of the mill linebacker coach in the NFL. What's, what's he done? Well, I don't know too many of them, but uh, I could tell you this. Okay, he's 35 years old, um, went to college at Temple. I'm not sure, doesn't say here if he was a player, but here is his career as a coach. There's only a few stops along the way, so ready? Uh, 2008, assistant offensive line coach at St. Joseph's Prep. Uh, in, uh, yeah, he, he'd be right in the running as a, as a real Hondo assistant there. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, although, okay. uh, uh, although the drinking, I think, would be frowned upon. Yeah, very, 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 very much so. Uh, okay, two thousand nine. Uh, he makes the jump. To, what? What is this? Two thousand nine. Training camp coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. So just you know, being okay, in so it. he was holding a clipboard. Yeah, holding and clipboard. handing out towels. Okay, setting continue. out cones. Uh, two thousand eleven through twelve. So eighty year off there. Um, he's at Temple as a graduate assistant. And then in 2013 to 14, he makes the jump to the NFL as the Kansas city chiefs defensive quality control coach. Don't know what that means. That means he's, he's, he's uh, proofreading and putting eyes and crossing T's 
on the defensive coordinator's game plan. Okay, there you okay. go. Continue. Laminating sheets. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Two thousand Xerox copy guy. Go ahead. <laughs> 2015, he's the assistant defensive line coach. 2016 through 18, he is the the defensive line coach. And 2019 to present, the linebackers slash outside linebackers okay. coach. Okay. So if you if you look at and I'm not bagging on the guy. Okay. Well, I guess I am. In a, in a oh yeah, you are. <laughs> okay. If you look at that resume, he's been and he's 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 has an entitlement. And he's been, he's got a, uh, he's got, he's got a sponsor in his dad to, you know, get him a job. Has he earned that? Has he, has he been in the trenches and done really what it's, what it's, you know, what other coaches have done? I, I don't think so. Well, but, but you know, Bill, that's, that's life at time. You know, there's a lot of people that get to positions just based off of who they know and their connections. I mean, you and I have benefited at times from that, maybe, you know. Uh, yeah, you more than I. Not, I mean, I'm, t- yeah, I'm talking about situ. Yeah, okay. Let me, let me backtrack a little. I'm talking about, okay, we know, we know uh, some umpires and they leave us tickets to a game or whatever. But yeah, we're not yeah, getting. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not in there. I'm not, I'm not calling balls and strikes with them. Yeah. I'm not on the field with them. Yeah, we're not getting. Uh, you know, I'm sitting in a fucking in a, in a in a seat drinking a beer watching them. Yeah, yeah. There's no. You know, I'm not talking about job promotions and stuff like yeah. that. But but you you've seen plenty of people like that though. That uh, oh, that's so and so's kid. They're they're getting pushed uh, hard here or whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Once again, it's called a business decision. Mm-hmm. Business decision. That's a that's a nice. It's uh, a nice term for safe word uh, for being uh, you know um, being taken care of being coddled being you know using whatever it is to get what you want other than hard work Mm -hmm. okay well again well in other uh negative chiefs news uh today monday or see tuesday morning when we're recording marty schottenheimer passed away 77 years old the former chiefs head coach former chargers head coach um rather intense guy that uh, has coached a long time in the nfl and uh, what do you remember about other than those sweaters he used to wear? What do you remember about Marty Schottenheimer as a coach, Bill? I remember him as uh, being a well, obviously a pretty darn good coach. And I think he was the type of guy that I was talking about—a guy that probably wasn't an X and O guy, but could could rally a a, a locker room and and and. and be a counselor to players that needed it. Um, you know, maybe boot somebody in the ass that needed it or put an arm around somebody that needed it. He knew how to, you know, pump up a player. Um, I know he played linebacker back in the old AFL days. He was teammates with uh, my man, Joe. In fact, in fact, there was a funny story where um, Marty's wife evidently had the hots for Joe and Marty told, you know, um, there was some story about, uh, you know, I, he probably, you know, he said, um, you know, Joe, Joe probably would throw you out of bed if you, you were eating crackers or something. And, and Joe said, well, first of all, I would never throw any woman out of bed for eating crackers in the bed or something. <laughs> I can't remember the whole thing, but it was, you know. Anyway, but they, they were teammates and I can't help but think that back in those old AFL days, if you're knocking heads with some of the equipment they had back then, you know, unless you've got a really good brainstem 
in your in your uh, in your uh, in your head, you know, you're going to take a beating over a while. And that's probably, you know, Marty probably, I think he went a little, uh, I think he had dementia, didn't he? Is that what he died of? Um, that's a good question. Uh, Alzheimer. Let's see. No, I don't, I don't want to speculate. Um, deme- dementia is what you said? Yeah. Did he have dementia? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure, uh, but, but I missed a few stops along the way. He coached the, uh, the Cleveland Browns, the Kansas city chiefs, uh, the Washington Redskins for one year. And then, uh, onto the San Diego chargers, um, pretty good record as a head coach. Uh, struggled in the playoffs, as you know, mo- a lot of people do. But check this out, Bill. His first stop as a coach was a linebacker coach for the Portland Storm. Yes, sir. That sounds like a Bill Barnes T-shirt. Yeah, that's a WFL team, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah, believe so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the Virginia Destroyers. I think that was the the UFL or something like that. That had to be a that had to be some uh, some semi pro team. I've never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, Marty, Marty bless his heart, and a lot of other guys, you know, Chuck Knox, um, you know, they had the, they had the, they had the, the, um, they had the Linda Lovelace syndrome. They always choked on the big one. <laughs> Bill, what, what, what are you doing? You are the worst. Hey, just look, look at for you, for you guys out there that are too young to remember. Oh, no. Google, Google Linda Lovelace and it'll no. all come together. No, 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 no. Oh, parental guidance. Oh, you're killing me, Bill. Yeah, yeah dark mind. What did, I say, what did I say wrong? Did I use any vulgarity just now? What did I say wrong? <laughs> Tell me. Tell me, Dr. Hersena. What did I say? <laughs> we got to get back to football. You're killing me. What did I say? Oh, oh man. I'm just trying to illustrate the fact that he struggled in the playoffs. Yeah, well, you made it. You made that abundantly clear. Wow. Okay. Super Bowl 55 in the books. 31 to 9. Tampa Bay beats Kansas City. Uh, yeah, not a game any of us saw coming. And uh, no no football now for, for eight months. And uh, and who Look, knows? There's no, uh, there's no, um, um, n- there's no uh, professional football alliance or there's no one of these, yeah. one of these rub and tug leagues that are coming out, you know, to, to, to try to placate the, the, the football fans until August. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, 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 nothing right now. Nothing just uh, more uh, quarantined and uh, you know, these other sports, you, it'll have to get, nothing get us but, by. Uh, great. Nothing but DoorDash and booze. Great. <laughs> that should, that sums up your life. Uh, well, the remaining NFL news, Bill, the hall of fame class was announced for 2021 um i missed the only one i know of is peyton manning like me on the others okay peyton manning first ballot um pretty self-explanatory charles woodson the former you know defensive back yeah Uh yeah a michigan teammate with tom brady um calvin johnson who was a wide receiver for the detroit lions a guy who retired at like 30 years old or something yeah, I'm I'm on I'm on the fence on that one. Okay, maybe not a long enough career. I mean, oh, he, I'm on the fence. Um, he became the third youngest player, third youngest player elected to the Hall of Fame because he, he's 35 years old. And check this out, Bill. He started his during the span of Tom Brady's uh, reign. We'll say Calvin Johnson in that time frame since Brady's been playing has been drafted, played his NFL career, and has had been elected to the Hall of Fame. And Tom Brady, Brady's still playing football, winning championships. So pretty wild stuff. Uh, let's see. Okay, Bill, back from, from your era here, 
Uh, Drew Pearson, the wide receiver for the Absolutely. Cowboys. Absolutely. Far Absolutely. too long, right? Should have been done Absolutely. earlier. Most definitely. Drew Pearson, solid wide receiver. Solid, solid, solid uh, uh, wide out for the Cowboys. Uh, Roger Staubach's favorite. Um, go-to guy. Absolutely. Caught the uh, caught the first the Hail Mary, right? The original Hail Mary. Um, he, 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 he caught the, the one where he pushed off the defender. Yeah. <laughs> caught the ball touchdown. And our good friend, the back judge, Armin Terrazon, took a bottle to the head. Oh. And... Um, and from the Minnesota fans and, and, um, you know, uh, totally fucked the call up, but yeah. the Cowboys prevailed. <laughs> yeah. Those, those very friendly, uh, those very friendly Cowboy uh, Viking fans. Uh, okay. Let's see. John Lynch, uh, the safety for the Tampa Bay Bucks and now the GM of the 49ers. Uh, uh I, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm good with that. I was glad to see him get in. Uh, someone from way back who I was surprised is not in the Hall of Fame yet. Uh, Tom Flores, the Raiders. Uh, Tom Flores. He he had, he would he didn't have much of a playing career, but I'll tell you what, he was a damn good coach. Again, again, a guy that knew how to run the clubhouse. Yeah, I, I think. Sure. I mean, think about it. Those little Raider teams with with the Snake Stabler, Blintnikoff, uh, Willie Brown, Jack Tatum, all those guys. You had a you had just a complete. Uh, wide spectrum of personalities and of people. And, and, you know, I mean, yeah, you had to be a major, major psychologist to be able to get that team gelled and ready to go along with Al Davis, of course. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's an absolute, I'm all for that. Uh, Bill Nunn Jr. Who's a sports writer and uh, American, uh, let's see, football scout for the Steelers. He got in, I guess his son was a Bill Will Nun, Billy Nun the Third was a uh, an actor of some kind. I don't I don't know. Hadn't heard of him. Uh, but uh, Alan Fanica, who was a offensive lineman, had a, had a pretty decent career. And I think that's pretty much it, Bill. Yeah, Tom Flores. I was surprised that coach hadn't been put in yet. Well, Tom Flores was was the real deal, mm-hmm. and uh, just a no nonsense. Go get him. Let's play. I don't care if you have long hair. I don't care if you have an armed robbery. Three days ago, you're going to be on the field. You're going to play. Let's go. <laughs> well, he was the uh, the Raiders head coach, so what can you say about that? Um, uh, who who are some guys that you foresee that uh, you think are well? I guess no one's recently retired, have they? That that's not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, is there anyone that jumps out to you? Uh, future Hall of Famers, if you will. Is, is Terrell Davis in the Hall of Fame? Oh, I believe he. Is let me double check that real quick. The uh, the running back for the um Broncos, right? Yes, yes, I think Frank Gore will be in first ballot. Terrell Davis, uh, 2017 got in on the uh okay. Hall of Fame. Okay, I'll tell you what, the, the NFL, if you're on the fringe, you're in. I mean, there's yes. no, yeah, you're in. It's not like the major league baseball where you know. <laughs> Well, no one's in. You got to do backflips and somersaults and, uh, you know, be able to, um, you know, do all kinds of uh, complete and crazy shit to get in nowadays. Did you say Frank Gore, by the way, football running back? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Guys, the guy's still playing. I can't believe that. What a crazy. Oh, I I agree. Uh, So to the baseball hall of fame, but to your point, yeah, football, you get in all these guys, baseball, even when you do have hall of fames, it's like, a Hall of Fame inductees. It's like one or two guys this year. Nobody inducted. 
I mean, so <laughs> what was that, Bill? <laughs> oh, I, Sudden movement. I, huh? I had breakfast served behind me by. Oh, and I was. I didn't know the door. I didn't know the DoorDash people come in your in your office and invade you. <laughs> That's funny. Right? Oh my goodness! I was like, "Well, baseball!" Bill all of a sudden jumped. Um, okay, so yeah, nobody inducted to the Baseball Hall of Fame, and. I mean, what is it? Is it sports writers or that stubborn in baseball? Like what, why is baseball not have many people or in a year like this? No, nobody goes in. I mean, isn't that kind of weird? Well, you have, I guess you really haven't had any major, major standout players in the last five, seven years, other than the ones that had a little tarnish on them. Yeah, yeah, little tarnish, and uh, it's funny what is defined as, as tarnish or, or off the field issues. I mean, a guy that allegedly used steroids or whatever, he's probably not getting in. But but someone who votes for a certain candidate, presidential candidate, uh, they they are looked are looked down upon. It's just crazy the standards uh, of the media. But um, it, well, I'm, two things two things are for certain in this country now. One, we no longer have free speech. Free, First Amendment. The Constitution is, is basically being eroded. And second of all, it's a state-run media. So the media, once the media controls you, they control your speech as well. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, the media is media is awful. Well, um, you know, I, I've had good things to say about the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. Um, you know, kudos to him for you know not only opening the state but hosting the college football national championship game, and then Sunday hosting the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, people are critical of him for the way he operates, but things things are going well for for the state of Florida. And of course, as as the mask police will do, someone uh, questioned him uh, being at the Super Bowl without a mask because he was in a suite having a conversation and uh, watching the game. And uh, somebody told uh, the governor, "Hey, you were at the Super Bowl without a mask." And Ron DeSantis, his response was great. He goes. He goes, how the heck am I supposed to be able to drink a beer with a mask on? Come on. I had to watch the Bucks win. So I, I don't know. Have you tried drinking uh, alcoholic beverages with a mask on, Bill? Yeah. Number one, it blocks my consumption and I make a mess. So it's, 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 um, it, you can't do it. You, you can't you know? do it. I mean, have you, it's, have like, you done- it's like urinating with a, with a, with a rubber on. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> what? What, Bill? What are you? He's just crushing your breakfast burrito there. Just <laughs> don't it look at me, is, man. Don't look at me that way. Uh, uh, no, you're killing me. That's <laughs> Bill Barnes. What a guy. Um, yeah, the whole Emperor Newsom. Remember, he wanted everyone to eat with uh, eat with a mask on between bites. I mean, that seems uh, a little difficult. Yeah, don't get me started on that, idiot. Yeah. Okay. Well. As you're finishing up your burrito, there was something you wanted to mention about the Super Bowl. Um, you know, late in the fourth quarter, there wasn't much excitement going on, and then some uh, some drunken idiot uh, decided to run on the field, and uh, he actually got closer to the end zone than the Chiefs did all day. But uh, it, the game stopped as always, and and the cameras never panned on him. He had to go look once, on the internet okay. once again, once again. <clears throat> If there's a car chase, you've got six, 16 police helicopters, 27 media helicopters following this thing, okay? They're, they're on it, okay? They break into, you know, 
live programming to, to bring this. They bring it, they break into, you know, the, uh, you know, they break into uh, whatever program it is and they'll show you these live breaking news of a car chase. Okay. Now, historically, and just the other night, some derelictic fuck gets onto the field and starts running around like an idiot. And what do they do? They take the cameras off of him. They take the cameras off on him. So you have to wait until, until, um, until somebody with their video camera posts it on Facebook to watch this. Okay. Or you listen and you listen to Kevin Harlan's play by play of it that was funny. with that, with that video, which was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it was good. And so again, there's that, the double standard media. If you're going to show the car pursuit, some idiot driving around like a moron, making an ass of himself, why aren't you going to show the idiot on the field running around, making a complete ass of himself and getting completely, you know, where, where's the hysteria when these, when these security cops tackle the guy and put a couple knee drops on him? I thought it was if a those little were cops after, If those were cops after a police chase, those fuckers would be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay to do it when a knucklehead, unarmed, naked, runs on the field and then you jump him and, and, and pummel him. That's okay. It seemed very excessive, Bill. I, I, I didn't, I thought. I mean, I'm not saying, no, I don't think it's excessive. I'm not either. I'm joking. And I don't think it's excessive when some fucking asshole drives like a lunatic, hundred miles an hour in danger. Did that guy endanger anybody's life? Walk running on the field. The streaker? No, no. But. Okay. The guy driving hundred miles an hour for 30 yes. miles in and yes. out of traffic, weaving yes. in and out of crosswalks, almost hitting yes. hit uh, innocent children and, and mothers and grandmothers with uh, with baby strollers, mm-hmm. and, and and people scream and yell and go fucking batshit crazy when the cops grab him and, and and maybe you know throw an elbow at him. Oh, the cops are abusive. Oh my god, you know fuck you. Yeah, I agree. I fuck I you. if if no. you're gonna be a lunatic, you get what's coming to you. Sorry. Right. Right. That that's how backwards we are, so though, anyway, Bill. That's my rant on that. It's no, I love it. Double standard. Oh the, it, no! Double it, standard. It, come on, Bill. If thank thank goodness for double. If if the media didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any, right? I mean, they, that's just that's just the case with everything. And and it's absolutely, uh, you know, hypocrisy, inconsistency. We say that all the time. And you're right. Anyone who's who's doing who's stupid like that, I got no sympathy for you. I want the cops to use every club they have on you and just beat you to a pulp when you risk lives like that. But no, that's how backwards the society is. What we're like, you just saw what somebody did, and we want to defend people. And, oh, don't hit him so hard. Screw that. Hit him harder. Hit him harder, Bill. Hey, you're, trust me. <laughs> there was once a day. We're once in the day. We were able to do that. Now it's you know. It's not, it's not, it's frowned upon in this establishment. Do you think now with high speed chases that you are probably required to um, politely pull the suspect out and maybe ask them how their day is um, and and request them to put their hands behind their back and, and and just kind of maybe give them a a lollipop as well. Do you think that's kind of the the current policy? It it sure seems to be. (laughs) Oh, it's getting worse. You got to be careful. Be careful what you wish for. Um, Bill, there's uh, two topics on here that we'll close. We'll wrap things up with. It's something that I uh, I didn't come up with. Just I thought about and I, and I thought I'd run it by you. There's two things I want to cover. You know, you and I umpired baseball and we have 
we have had uh, ejections here and there. Uh, not many, but sometimes they happen. They're just part of the game. And we live in this cancel culture now where everyone wants to cancel everyone. I'm not about cancel on anybody, but you and I both know there's times when someone needs to be ejected from a game. So if you could eject someone from life, not cancel them or ruin their life, but just kick them out of the game for today, for today, Tuesday, uh, February 9th, give me a couple people uh, you would eject from the game of life today. Um, it's too bad it's just today. <laughs> uh, I'd like to cancel their ticket for a long time. And that would be Gavin Newsom. Okay. Number one, top of my list, Gavin Newsom. Uh, number two would be um, that fucking moron uh, congresswoman, AOC. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. You know. She's a liar. Since, She's a liar. Yeah. Since when did, did Maxine Waters and Charles Manson have a kid? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's something. <laughs> yeah, sleep on that. Wow. Oh, I, I won't be able to. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah, but but as you know, Bill, there are Siri, and you sometimes you eject people more than once. So I'm sure you come on the show next week or, or the week after and be like, you know what? I want to eject so and so again because they were some people are idiots multiple times, and you got to get rid of them. And uh, you see them the next day, and that's baseball. That's life. <laughs> and I'd like to. I'd like to knock. Adam Schiff right between his eyes to make him focus right again. He's an idiot too. <laughs> there's a lot of idiots out there doing stupid and this things. Whole, this whole, look, regardless of what side of the street you're on with Donald Trump being either a bad president, good president, somewhere in between, this complete farce of a uh, uh, <clears throat> a trial of, uh, of uh, impeachment is ridiculous. It's yeah. like, okay, okay, you've, 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 uh, the horse is dead. You can't beat it. You can't beat it any longer. In fact, it's getting manufactured at the glue factory right now. And you still want to, you're kicking a dead horse here, people. He's not, he's not a sitting president. They're terrified. Look, well, why, why are we, they're terrified of him. Yeah, terrified. But what they, what they don't realize is the more he opens his mouth, the more he opens his mouth, the more he turns on this 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 new patriot party, and the extreme right loves him. Okay, he could go out and, and murder a, a village of, of women and children, and they're still going to back him. Okay, he has a following. He has a cult following. Okay, the the a lot of the the the, the reason minded Republicans and basically Dan every Democrat. He's turning off with his rhetoric, okay? They have silenced him on social media. He no longer has a platform. Um, they need to let this go. Mm -hmm. Let it go. Let it go. I think it's funny because the argument on the other end is uh, that Trump and his supporters are not letting things go. And now at the irony of not being able to let go, like let the game end when a game is, scre is screaming to be over, let it end. You know what I mean? That was a, a, a motto in officiating we had. Um, and yeah, I think everyone's gotta be, we talked earlier about, it's like wearing a, 
wearing a mask after you've been vaccinated. That's kind of similar to what's going on here. He's not a sitting president anymore. No, no, no. I mean, they are obsessed with him. Even can today. You imagine, can you imagine what he's going to be like? Let's just say they do impeach him and they make it so he can never hold office again. Blah, 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 blah. He's going to be an absolute lunatic. Uh, uh, okay. Let it, let these people need to, they need to, they need to stand down. The Democrats, I mean, the, as I guess as we're speaking right now, they're starting the, the uh, trial, which they're not going to, there's not enough Republican support in the Senate to convict them. You've got to have three, I, I, think, I believe it's um, two thirds, a two thirds majority to get him out. They ain't going to, they're not going to get that. Well, it'd be the first they're time ever they, you can't, it's hard to impeach a civilian. Like, I, I don't, I don't know, uh, you know all the it's details. Like, it's like if I go out, if I go out, and I, 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 uh, I go next door and I club my fucking neighbor to death. Okay. I club, club him to within an inch of his life. I go out there and I just beat his ass. Okay. That's like, they take me to, to jail for, um, assault under the color of authority because I was a former cop. Sorry. Can't have it that way. I'm not no, a cop anymore. Now, not. You can take them. You can, you can try to convict me for the crime that I did. Just like if they think they have a crime against him, get a federal investigation and bring up federal charges on him. If you think you can conjure up a federal indictment for him, um, you know, aiding and abetting a, uh, a a revolution, then knock yourself out. Yeah, I, they're doing it. They're doing it in a kangaroo court sort of way. But but do you also think there's a factor in this that it is a distraction? Number one, it's it's a punishment. How how dare it, Donald Trump be president or anyone who ever voted for him? Do you think it's a distraction, maybe from some of the other? executive orders and policies that are being made uh, currently no no because they they were they were on this the, the they were on this five seconds after the fucking the first idiot kicked the door into into the capitol yeah, yeah they right. had they had this pinned on him oh, i hear you yeah it's, it's it's crazy time it's just it's getting wilder and wilder and it gives us stuff to, something to talk about that's for sure uh bill i saw a post that you had uh, lovely post about uh, you and your granddaughter. And I had talked on the show last week about uh, man card violations, man yes. card violations. You know, uh, what are some of the man card violations? I know that that you as a 61-year-old man, a grandfather and, and a retired cop, what are some man card violations that Bill Barnes sees in the world? I my, One of mine last week was uh, – a selfie stick, uh, you know, stuff like that. So what are some things I know you had some comments there on the post you made with your granddaughter about who she should never date. I, I, I got to assume those are some kind of man card violations. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll review it. Uh, number one, <clears throat> if, you know, if, if, you know, if I had daughter, granddaughter, any, any, any ups, up, upcoming young lady that's, that's in my family, I'm going to tell them, do not under any set of circumstances date a ultra left-wing liberal. Okay. B, any guy with a man bun. B. <laughs> C will be any any little little um sweet little innocent fucking guy that drinks fucking white claws <laughs> out. <laughs> Period end of story. No. And my brother, my brother added to, which I found quite good. A uh a uh I think he called it a fruit. He calls it a fruit, a fruit, fruit booter. A fruit booter and a guy who vapes. 
Vapors. Oh, yes, please. Vaping. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I like that one. That was good. Yeah. Vaping. And I'm going to take, I'll, I found, I thought a couple, um, a guy who wears um, uh, pants that are. Capris? Capris? Capris or tight at the ankles. Those shin Yes. What, are, what okay. is that? Or let's just say a man who wears a jacket, tie, and shirt with a skirt. Man card violation. We're gonna have to go King's X on that. Yeah, no, no, no bueno, no bueno. <laughs> what about guys who put Coca Cola in their coffee? You, hey, get them, get them while they're hot. <laughs> Latch on and never let go. Uh, I want you to think of more, and maybe every week it's something you see. It could be anything. Maybe a guy taking his pet into Home Depot or or something like that. I don't know. It could be That's anything. A man who sits down to pee. <laughs> Oh, geez. that's a big one. Yeah, that's that's. I gotta go, I gotta go huge on that. Oh boy, I gotta go huge. <laughs> yeah, top of the <laughs> list, I would think. <laughs> Man card violations with Bill Barnes. That might. <laughs> we that, could do a two-hour show on that. Oh, that'd get graphic. Well, see, all it takes is you to go out into the world. You go out and you see a bad driver, or you see something uh, anywhere at the corner of walk and don't walk, as you. <laughs> as you like to say. And, uh, you know, you come up with something. Or a guy who has a clutch purse, a Chanel clutch purse, and he carries it under his arm. Why, why would a guy have a guy's a purse? What? There's a lot of guys that have man purses. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called a, it's called a, uh, metrosexual wallet. Oh, what? Uh, see, you're teaching hey, me all these things. Don't, don't kill. I got, I got a lot of time on my hands. I don't yeah. want to read it. <laughs> okay, don't kill the messenger. I'm just telling you. I get a satchel. A, Indiana Jones has one. I mean, you, you know, come on. No, I mean, I'm talking a, a clutch fucking Joan Crawford. Oh. Take it under the arm. Uh, clutch purse that, that won't even fit what goes into your wallet, let alone anything else. Oh, this country. This country. What are we doing, Bill? And I would go up to that and I would say, excuse me, mademoiselle, <laughs> do you have a dollar I can borrow? yeah yeah no kidding oh man man card violations well we got to run it by our friend aldini too and see uh and 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 see uh what he has to say uh about some of that stuff he's he's i'm sure got got a bun the man bun one is pretty good (laughs) that's pretty funny yeah bill bard well bill thank you for your time once again uh, Coach Arians, I know you got to get, get uh, you know, some post game celebration. Here. Work, I'm, no, I'm working on, I'm working on, uh, uh, you know, our uh, our uh, spring uh, spring practice plan. I've already got it in the works. You know, you know, already. we celebrate one day and then move on. We're ready to go. That's right. Working on the draft as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Awesome stuff, Bill. Will always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, we will. Chat again next week. There'll be no football to talk about, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of things that uh, we can come up with. Well, just look around us. You know, there's a, there's an ass for every chair. <laughs> yeah. All we got to do is walk around and look around. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Bill, looking forward to it. Talk next week. No, no questions this week. We no qu- questions. Oh, let me see. Did we get anything? You know what? The listeners out there, and you know who you are, both of you, uh, you guys need to step up the questions to Bill Barnes. I mean, he wants to hear from the I people. Hear, I want to hear from some of our listeners what their man card violations are. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's compare. Let's compare uh, notes on this, shall we? I like it. I like it, Bill. Yeah, that's a challenge. To, look, I know how many people listen. I could tell how many people listen each week to Bill Barnes. There's got to be a couple of you that that want to write in, and you got to send in your stuff by the end of the weekend, by no later than Monday evening, because we might record Monday night or Tuesday morning. So, get on it, people. Come on, Bill wants to hear hear from let's, you. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Sorry, Bill. Nothing this week, man. Okay. You got to build it up for next week and blow it all out. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Talk to you then, Bill. We'll see you. Thank you so much, Bill Barnes, for joining us every single Wednesday on the weekly Wednesday Weigh-In. Always a pleasure to chat with you, my friend. And I know a lot of people tune in specifically on Wednesdays just to hear you, Bill. So we appreciate you taking the time out of your, well, not so busy schedule, but every now and then it gets busy. Uh, thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. I know next week, guys, listen carefully, everybody out there. Bill wants your questions. He loves hearing from the fans, from the listeners, or whatever you guys want <laughs> want to label yourselves as uh he he wants to hear from you guys just like you hear from us on mondays wednesdays and fridays here at the get home safe podcast but anyway bill barnes is here on wednesdays we do record his episodes a few days early so if you have something that you want to send in to bill a uh, question or just tell him he's dead wrong challenge him on something get his opinions about anything uh be sure to send those in in a timely manner this week we might have to record even a little earlier so if you have anything you want to send in to Bill, try to get those in uh, sometime this weekend, preferably Sunday morning. I know it's a little early, but we might be recording our episode a little early uh, uh, just, you know, in regards to some work schedule stuff. So uh, just a heads up for you guys uh, who want to contact Bill and, and you guys forget and you're like, oh, yeah, it's Wednesday. Well, it's too late. Oh, right, well, it's Tuesday. No, they already recorded this week. It, it might be uh, sometime of the, over the weekend. So be sure to send in those questions for the one and only bill barnes if you want guys want to uh be entertained like <laughs> i'm sure you will be with some of his answers or uh, just get some some great advice from a, a legendary former cop former umpire you know bill's the man bill is the man and, and you guys know that i don't need to tell you anything but anyway uh, get those uh get those questions in or he's gonna start knocking on doors here pretty soon uh, guys, there's plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you. So send us those emails with all the questions, all the different uh, suggestions, whatever you got. Send them our way. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you, if you don't want to send an email, social media uh, is just fine give us a like give us a follow whatever the case is guys we appreciate the continued support out there from all of the people who tune in to the get home safe podcast okay let me tell you about friday i mentioned this on monday but our guest on friday is going to be mike murphy mike murphy has been a longtime coach at care youth league coached a long time in the sixth grade uh division uh, where he won a lot of football championships. And uh, I, I had the opportunity to be on one of those teams. Uh, we're not just going to talk about my team. We're going to talk about uh, his journey through Care Youth League, getting into Real Hondo Prep, and then, of course, becoming 
a coach and coaching the long time the, uh, that he has. Uh, he's also a school teacher, a retired school teacher recently, uh, taught for many years. I believe he said 30 years as a, as a teacher. So he'll, he'll talk about that, uh, life's, how the, how life is, uh, his journey took him into the back into the classroom, working with younger kids, third and fourth graders mostly, uh, those experiences he, he will share. And then, uh, a big treat for me was chatting with Mr. Mike Murphy. I still call him Mr. Murphy because he was uh, he was my coach uh, back in sixth grade, as I mentioned. But one of the great things he and I talked about was the comparisons between two of the best football games ever played at Rio Hondo Prep. Um, his game definitely takes the cake as the 1977 triple overtime thriller in the CIF championship between Rio Hondo Prep and Montclair Prep. One for the ages, Rio Hondo's first eight-man championship. Mr. Murphy was on that game alongside of many legendary coaches from Care Youth League and, and other guys who uh, were just legends, legends uh, of Rio Hondo Prep and uh, one of the best games ever played. Uh, our game in 2001 was a close second. We played Joshua Springs in the last eight-man championship Rio Hondo Prep would ever win. That game was also in overtime, but only one overtime. Uh, it, it, instead of the uh, the triple overtime that the 77 team had to go through. We'll chat with Mr. Murphy about his game, my game, some of the comparisons, some of the how eerie it was, how the two games kind of uh, were very similar and uh, being, what would that be, 24 years apart. And uh, the first eight-man championship, the last eight-man championship, a lot of real Hondo prep football talk with Mr. Murphy. So if you're a football fan, you're going to enjoy this. Uh, plenty. It's almost like an infomercial for, for Real Hondo Prep football. <laughs> if, if I had to be honest, um, Mr. Murphy loves football. He loves sports. Uh, he has a pretty famous name, which we will talk about. About uh, you know, one of the one of the legendary, or I said legendary a million times, but I but we will talk about a hero who uh, happens to share his name that I'm sure many of you know. But anyway, lots to chat about with Mike Murphy on Friday. I really hope you guys will tune in. Even if you're not a Real Hondo Prep or Carries League affiliated uh, individual, I think you'll really enjoy hearing from Mike Murphy on Friday. So we hope you will join us. You know where to find us, guys, all the social media platforms and however you listen to us. Ain't act. Oh, try that again. Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, the Get Home Safe podcast should be available. Thank you so much for following us, guys. Appreciate you taking the time out of your day to tune in to the weekly Wednesday weigh-in with Bill Barnes today. I'm already excited of, about recording with him next week. Very much excited about you guys hearing the podcast on Friday with Mike Murphy. It's going to be a great way to get us around third and home safe for the weekend. Please join us guys. Thanks again. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or round in third base, get home safe. Mm-hmm.